and welcome to the Clubhouse. This is Golf Monthly's weekly podcast in which we take a look at the events in the world of golf. My name is Neil Tappin and this week I am joined by two very esteemed colleagues. Uh, firstly, Golf Monthly editor Michael Harris. Mike, how are you? All right. I'm well now, yeah, absolutely. Um, out in Florida at the moment, we're podcasting from uh, Orlando out here for the PGA show. I'm well, enjoyed a day uh, in the sunshine, albeit it was a little bit chilly today in Orlando, but um, you can't have it all. You can't have it all, no, and I, I've been very lucky. I was in Abu Dhabi last week, Orlando this week, um, and weirdly, watching the golf from Abu Dhabi whilst being in Orlando, odd start to the year. <laughs> uh, and joining us this week is photographer Kevin Murray. Kev, how Hi, are you? Neil. How are you doing? Yeah, all right, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm a little bit tired, like you, um, racking up the uh, the miles, and, and oddly, it's. Uh, I think I've seen more shots being played here of the Abu Dhabi Championship yeah, in, in Orlando <laughs> than I actually did when we were out there. So, yeah, ditto. I agree yeah, with you there. Yeah. We, we managed to catch some on the TV this morning. Yeah, we did. Um, and what a tournament it was. I think it's a, an appropriate place to start this week's podcast but because the Abu Dhabi Championship is a very big tournament and every year it seems to be growing in stature. And this week we saw Ricky Fowler win, which is only going to boost the uh, the profile of the tournament. Mike, from from your point of view, has Ricky, by winning this, he's now up to number four in the world, I believe. He is indeed, yeah, up two places from number six. Has he sort of cemented his position as a member of the big, the group of big golfers that are coming through, so Spieth, Day, McElroy, is he up with them, or has he still got a bit of way, way to go to get there? I think to be in that company, you really need to uh, win a major. Now, Ricky's challenged a number of times um, but perhaps he has underperformed um, in terms of tour titles um, when you look at his talent he's a very very talented golfer um, lovely golf swing great ball striker um, great all-round game as you have to be being the world top five but I think really to be considered you know in that bracket when you you know mentioned McElroy Spieth and day they've all won majors uh ricky hasn't yet so he's knocking on the door definitely but um still needs to get over the line and win a major i can see him doing that this season and and kev ricky's got a bit of star quality hasn't he do you uh, do you think he um where does he sit within those the top four players in the world in terms of what he can bring to a tournament, the excitement that he brings and, and getting young people into the game it's something that we always talk about and how important it is Ricky's someone that's able to do that. Yeah, you're right. And I think, um, you know, even from a fashion perspective as well, he's prepared to take risks with what he wears, these new high tops that he's, uh, he's brought to uh, the, um, the golf uh, game uh, this, this last week um, with the elasticated trousers as well. You know, it's not a look for everybody. <laughs> and, and, and it's no, definitely not a look for you. <laughs> <laughs> no. so, it's an elasticated uh, trouser around the ankle, <laughs> rather than around the waist, which that gentleman of our age might be. Uh, we're talking about elasticated no. trousers. Yeah. It might be a waist. No, than they, they might be the ones that I would buy into if they were around the waist, but definitely not around the ankles. Uh, he's, um, I think he's a real deal. I was lucky to watch him um, finish off in uh, Gullen, uh, the Scottish Open, last year, just before uh, the Open. And um, just coming down the stretch, you know, he wasn't phased. Um, and he just delivered. He uh, he's 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 a proper talent, and I think that he is one that's going to challenge these guys. He's the one that they've got to be looking over their shoulder. At. You know, Mike said uh, hasn't won uh, a major yet, but that won't take long. I think you're right. I think this year's mm. 
probably going to be uh, you know a good opportunity for him. No, it, it it was fantastic to watch him play so well in Abu Dhabi as well. He he's one of the Americans that's willing to travel. It's great to see him and Spieth both playing in Abu Dhabi because um, they don't have to play in these tournaments. They're wealthy enough, and they. They have this. They, I think, they both have this feel feeling that they want to prove themselves on the world stage. That in order to be considered as the best golfer of their generation, that they need to travel. They need to win in other continents. And by Ricky winning in Abu Dhabi, that's really boosted his reputation, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's great to see um, players from the PGA Tour coming over and playing um, European Tour events, playing in the Middle East. It really is. Um, completely out of their comfort zone, playing very different um, type of grass, um, different playing conditions. So no, good on them, well done. I expect um, their appearance fees were, you know, uh, mooted for some of the top players. But um, as you say, these guys don't need the money. Um, so they're coming to gain experience of playing different golf courses, you know, on a different tour. And I think it'll make them, it makes for a really interesting tournament to watch. Um, when we've got all our top European players supplemented by those guys um, and you know good on them. Here's, here's an interesting thing though with, uh, with Fowler I mean he's, he's really been playing well this last year and if you look at what Rory's been doing um, previously now he's been a name for what the last five years um, and they called him up um, if, you know if you look at uh, how Spieth's been playing I mean what a season he had last year so I don't think they're scared of him. You know, if, if they were scared of Rory. Yeah. So, you know, you, 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 and he's had another great tournament. He's come third. He's been second four times, I think it is. So um, it's only going to get better between these three guys. You know, if, uh, if they're in the field, I don't know how many times that's going to happen every year uh, with the tournaments, but um, it's just going to be great to watch. It, it certainly is. And I think um, all, all four of those guys have got their eyes on majors. They're probably all four of them aren't going to win one this year. Um, certainly, I think Rory's probably the most motivated of the four of them. Now, there was also there were also some other really good talking points, and we are going to hear now from Tommy Fleetwood. Actually, Golf Monthly contributing editor Jeremy Elwood caught up with Tommy while he was out in Abu Dhabi last week. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, Jez actually helped Tommy write his column for Golf Monthly for the last year Tommy was a columnist he was our playing editor in the magazine um, for the last 12 months so over that period of time Jez spoke to Tommy on the phone pretty much uh, well at least every month if not more um, and the two formed an unlikely alliance <laughs> should we say and anyway Jez had caught up with him while um, while he was out in Abu Dhabi and let's hear from Tommy now Hello there everyone, I'm with uh, Tommy Fleetwood uh, on the nine hole course at Abu Dhabi just ahead of the annual golf tournament here it's a beautiful day and sunshine We've been having a little bit of a chat about all sorts of things. Now we've got some slightly different questions for you, maybe, Tommy. We've got six batches of questions here oh, okay, to choose quick. from. You can't see the questions, okay. but you can choose which batch number you'd like. I would like... You can't have number five, that's what Eddie Pepper had. All right, uh, batch three. Batch three. Splendid, right. So, uh, question one. Who has the best golf swing on the European Tour? Um, you know, I should say me, but if I was going to pick a favourite, I would say it's hard to beat Rory's, isn't it? Rory. It's a sad answer, but it's true. Fair enough. Now then, uh, would you rather play for more money in an event with small crowds 
or less money in an event with huge galleries? Big galleries. Yeah? Yeah. It's not about the money. I might change my answer, but no, it's, it's not really about the money, is it? It's, uh, it's about the fun and, you know, getting the excitement up. We've got so much money. Well, apparently so, yes, yes. Uh, now then, who's uh, more likely to beat Jack's major record? Woods, Spieth, McElroy or Day? For you. I'm not included. Well, you? we can throw you in as no, the, the fifth I'm one. Not, I'm not being a not being fifth. Uh, I would say... Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? You'd, you'd have said Rory the whole time, but now it looks like, you know, Spieth's playing unbelievable, isn't he? I mean... Yeah, never missing with a putter certainly helps, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd like to know what that feels like. Um, I am going to say... Spieth. How many has he got so far? Two. Two, but he is quite young. He is quite younger than you. And he is playing well. He is. There's absolutely no doubt about <laughs> that. Now then, uh, you've missed the cut, heaven forbid. And, uh, is that why we're on the 9 hour? <laughs> no, no, this is pre-tournament, hasn't missed the cut yet. You've missed the cut... I mean, what am I saying? It hasn't missed the cut yet. A terrible thing to say. Yeah, it, never mind. Never oh. mind. Okay, let's just pretend you've missed the cut. <laughs> and hypothetically. You need, hypothetically, you've missed the cut. And you need a night out to cheer yourself up. Which two players do you take with you? I would take... Shane Lowry and... Current tour players. Current tour. Well, let's let's, let's open it up to a, a previous. Previous tour players. Yeah. Well, oh, I've got a Matt Nixon one. He's my best mate. So. Oh, he's going to be back on tour, isn't he? So. He is. Yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, and what would would uh, would much beer be drunk, or would it be more of the chat? It would be both, but uh, when you say much beer, I'm I'm not a very good drinker, so it would be a you know I'd consume not very much and get affected quite badly. Right, okay. So it'd be a, it's, it's an early night. It's a dangerous combination. <laughs> uh, who's the best Ryder Cup captain of all time? Tony Jacker. Four attempts, two victories, three? Yeah, but he kind of changed it, didn't he? Yeah. Changed the Ryder Cup for the better. And, uh, it's probably, I don't know, might be able to look for somebody my age, but I, I just think, you know, I've, I've met the guy and, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's a legend, isn't he? Yes, he, he, uh, he's very proud of what you achieved there, certainly. Um, one major or ten tour titles? One major. Uh, interesting. Eddie Pepper of ten tour titles. So it, it harped a little bit of consistency. Okay, so you're very much a one major man. Well, uh, yeah. major you know, in the history books, aren't you? For life. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't like to win ten tour titles, but one major. Yeah. What's your favourite club in the bag? I think we know the answer to this one. Uh, yeah, Firewood. Trusty. Trusty Firewood. I mean, it's close between that and the driver. Yeah. But, yeah. And the one problem for you with the Firewood, of course, is that it's red as, a, as an Evertonian. That's not so good. Yeah, I haven't spray painted it yet. But, you know, you, you do what you have to do to, to get around a golf course. And if it has to be a red Firewood, I'll, I'll take it. And was the new blue colour at your request or not? No, it wasn't. They generally don't really listen to my requests, but uh, they went with blue anyway. Uh, name one young player set to take the world by storm. Thomas Peters. Won twice last year. He did, yeah. Ryder Cup debut coming up, probably. 
possibly. He's he's just uh, he's very good. He's very impressive and uh, just has a very strong game. Uh, three to go, Tommy. You up for the last three? I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah. If you could swap one part of your game for someone else's, what would it be? Tommy enough. I think that's pretty much. What I think that's a common. That's going to be a common theme. That. <laughs> right. We may have to change that question for uh, other players. Uh, most embarrassing on-course moment? Um, I haven't actually had that many embarrassing moments. I, you can, I mean, you can class Shanks as embarrassments, mm -hmm. but uh, which I've had plenty of. But you know, actually embarrassing, funny moments. I've never been fortunate enough to have any. How do you mentally regroup for the shot after a shank, especially you, if it's with uh, iron again? Um, you don't. <laughs> you cross your fingers just, and hope. Just, just uh, yeah, just keep just keep going. Eventually, you'll catch one. Have a gentle hybrid, maybe. <laughs> Get the putter out. Yeah. Yeah. Get the five foot out. See, that's what it's there for. Can't shake that. You can't shake that. Final question. I mean, this is not in a, a, a marital sense. This, I think. Who would you avoid sharing a room with at all costs? Uh, sharing a room with at all costs. Uh... There's nobody in particular. I'm not sure who the worst snorers are, right. or who the you know the slightly grumpier ones are. But uh, there's nobody. Oh, there's there's nobody that I would avoid that much really. I, I'm an, you know I'd be open to meeting anyone and spending time with them. I'm guessing you don't generally share a room anyway these days. No, no, I don't know. That could be because nobody wants to share with me, but um, uh, no. Did, did, did you share on the challenge tour, or did you? I shared a few times on challenge tour. I had um, I had a couple of friends out there, like you know, Ian Keenan was a good friend, and he now works for ISM. Yeah. Um, uh, who else did I share? With? I shared, you know, Laurie Cantor. Yeah. I shared with him once, and my dad came out a little bit. So uh, yeah, I mean, I shared a little bit. Time, times were tougher. Times were tougher. Now you can afford your own room. Uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Good. Well, that's perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Thank Tommy, you. and good luck this week. Thank you very much. Okay, so that was Tommy Fleetwood. Um, great player, great bloke. Um, we're a big fan of Tommy's at Golf Monthly, um, and it's good to see him playing play so well. At Golf Monthly. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jezza had a, fun, a funny moment out in Abu Dhabi when uh, I had to go and collect some balls for him to, from the range and dropped them off, and uh, he turned around and said to Tommy, uh, have you met my dad? Referring to you, yeah. <laughs> I will get. I'll get him back. It's, it's borrowed. I've no doubt. I've no doubt. Um, now there were some interesting talking points last week because Abu Dhabi was the first big tournament on the European Tour this year, and Keith Pelly, the new chief executive, I say new. He's probably been in the job six months now, I would think. But the relatively new chief executive of the European Tour flew out to Abu Dhabi to brief the players on some new uh, things that were coming into play, and I think it's worth chatting through a few of those now. Now, the first thing on the agenda was slow play. So the Tour want to take a grip of slow play. And the way that they're doing that is by introducing a new way in which they're monitoring players. So if your group is out of position on the golf course, then suddenly a rules official will, official will appear out of nowhere and you will be put on the clock, as it were, and you'll be under a sort of a surveillance program, uh, your times will be monitored. And if it takes you longer than 50 seconds to hit your shot if you're the first play, or 40 seconds to hit your shot if you're second to play or third to play, then you will incur a monitoring penalty. And if you incur two monitoring penalties, that will 
um, produce a fine of two thousand six hundred euros, and then every penalty after that is another two thousand six hundred. Now, the first player to fall foul of that was Jordan Spieth. So, before we get into the rights and wrongs of the actual way in which the European Tour are, are approaching it, quick question for both of you: Were the Tour right to come down on the number one player in the field, the number one player in the world, the, the guy that they've managed to come out to play on the European tour. Was it right for them to uh, make an example out of Jordan Spieth? It well, was brave. Uh, you know, we all hate slow play. It's the bane of golf. You know, it shouldn't take more than three and a half hours, uh, you know, if you're playing with a, a, you know, a four ball, you know, at a stretch, maybe three hours, 45 minutes. Uh, these guys are out there for five hours, aren't they? Yeah, and they're not hitting it in the in the no. hay looking <laughs> no, for it. No. So, um, my, you know, I, I, one of the interesting things it was who else got penalised? Did anyone else get penalised? Do we know? Uh, yeah, there were some others over the weekend, I believe. I haven't, I don't know who. But Spieth but was the first. Spieth one. was the first one to pick up one of these monitoring. Okay, pads. well, I mean, if they're introducing, I, from as far as I'm concerned, if they're introducing that as a rule, then he's, he's rules are all. Doesn't matter who you are, yeah. I think. And, um, yeah. Oh, but it does, doesn't it? I mean, oh, it's, it's, I think it's great that the European Tour have done this, by the way, before I carry on. But mm. we want Jordan Spieth to play on the European Tour as much as possible. And yeah. anything that sli- slightly might get, you know, get on his nerves. And play thinks, quicker. Well, do you know what? Play quicker. You know, it's, I, I, I don't think you can, you know, once you introduce a rule, whatever that rule might be, whether it's about slow play, um, whether it's um, one of the rules of golf, you know, we just had um, some changes come in for the rules of golf. You can't, you know, you can't make exceptions, people. It's got to be, you know, one rule for everybody. And it would be very sad state of affairs if Jordan Spieth was, you know, thought, oh, I'm, you know, don't want to go back and play on the European Tour. So I'm, you know, getting called for you know, monitored for, you know, my pace of play, he should just do something about it. Are they going to um, do the same in the States with uh, this rule? They Not that I know of. Okay. okay. It's one of the reasons that uh, that um, that Pelly's been brought in. It's one of the, he has yeah. this mandate to make some changes and one of the things they need to do is speed play up. And if I'm honest with you, when they, they showed the coverage of Spieth uh, with the, the actual shot that he hit that caused the penalty, and it took him something like one minute and 15 seconds to hit, hit a putt I think it was maybe the 17th hole and it was a putt for birdie, I think. And when you looked at it over, it was pretty excruciating to watch, I have to say. Watching somebody line up a putt like that, you know, golf is competing with so many other sports for for airtime, you know. Look at the way the cricket's rebranded itself and has become faster and quicker. Golf does need to move in that direction. And this has got to be a good thing I, I didn't realise it was a punt uh, I think you're absolutely right I mean you know if, if while your opponents are playing you can be looking at your line as long as you're not in their way you can be looking at your line and, and, and being prepared and be ready you know that shouldn't take that long to uh, but I think this is the big problem on tour um, Kev that um, these guys don't even start their pre-shot routines until it is you know, whether they're on the green yeah. whether they're on the fairway and the tee um, they don't get into the zone until the other players hit moved away, uh, and that's a big problem. You know, on, on you know, in our games, yeah, absolutely, you could be lining up. I mean, you would hope that they would still be, you know, assessing the putt, you know, challenging their caddy, looking at. You know, they always seem to look at um, booklets um, with green maps on, looking at um, break obviously and slopes on the green. But but it's 
the problem is there are too many ways to get round. It's always been this thing with slow play on tour. There's been too many ways to get round these things. You just walk slower you, you, yeah. up to the ball, or you send your caddy up there. The timing doesn't start, you know, as they say, until um, it's actually you know your turn to hit. Well, play, players just fractionally speed oh, up until the referee yeah. stops timing Absolutely. them, and then they they. And it, it was interesting the year that they penalised the the. The fourteen-year-old at the Masters who was making the amateur who was making his debut, and they made an example out of him. And we all know we've all spent so many times out on tour yeah. watching players. They could penalise people a lot, and it looks as if the European Tour now are prepared to do it. And they've told the players that they're going to do it. And by calling Jordan Spieth out, it shows them all they're yeah. serious about this. Yeah. I mean, but do we? Do, we don't want to sort of like name names, but um, what other players? European players. Uh, that play regularly on the European tour. Are, are there any that? Why don't you want to name names? Well, I don't. I'm just thinking of any, if, who actually falls into that category. Um, is there somebody that uh, somebody else they could have picked on? I mean, I, I think. I mean, uh, do you know what? I think that all of the players are liable to play slowly from time to time. If things are not going well, they try and slow it down. You know, get things back in. Um, you know, in their favour. And it's. I. I guess I'm. On one hand, great, well done to Keith Pelly um, and the tour um, tour committee for bringing this in. But finding rich guys' money, it's you know, fine. You know, you've, it's it, it's going to get those that were lower down the rankings yeah, harder, isn't it? I, I mean, it, you know what? Until they start penalising shots um, and doing it on a regular basis, you will never. You know, you might improve it a little bit, but you're never going to really get people getting a move on it is I mean we know the reason for doing it but is it is it also so that it has a knock-on effect to the amateur game no I don't do you know what I think that's a useful byproduct but I don't think that's the reason I think the reason is more to do with engagement yeah. in the tournament both right. from the crowds on the ground and the people watching on TV right. I, I know from my own experience I, I've got a young young son I don't have an awful lot of time at the weekend to chill out and watch the golf but when I do, when I do get the chance to sit down, put the golf on, I don't want to be seeing people line up putts no, for no. what feels like forever. Because, uh, you know, fr frankly, there's football on TV, there's cricket on TV, yeah, there's yeah. other things I can yeah. watch. Yeah. And the European Tour understands, and it's great that they're, they're moving in this direction because they, they are understanding that they are up against all of these other sports. And the players, frankly, you know, they're part of a show business. Absolutely. And they need to understand that. Most, and, and I think one of the interesting things is when you watch it on TV, actually, a lot of the faffing is, you know, is on the cutting room floor, as it were. Um, yeah. But it's still unavoidable. Some, you know, obviously, if you're following one of the uh, main groups where they've got um, a crew with them, you know, taking footage. From yeah, or if it's one, two people going down uh, the stretch, then yeah. you're going to see pretty much every yeah. shot they hit. You're going to see them lining up um, on their butts. But, but it's, if you're actually there, I remember we had a, we had a letter quite recently from... Uh, a golf monthly reader who'd been to the Dunhill Links um, up at Sandries. I know Sandries is not a great course for pace of play with shared greens and adjacent fairways. Um, but they were, you know, he was saying, "Do you know what? It's bad on TV, but it's really bad when you're actually there." You know, the rounds just seem to take forever, and it's not, you know, it's not doing anything to increase golf's appeal for either golf fans who want to go to a tournament or if you're watching watching TV. So yeah, absolutely, well done. Um, for the European Tour for you know making uh, or introducing these new rules 
let's you know let's hope the players pick up the pace indeed i would i would concur now on to our next point of discussion and this one created quite a lot of um difference of opinion i think is the the right terminology last week when we were in abu dhabi and that is on the practice days the european tour are letting their players wear shorts um kev are you, are you a um, short wearer on the golf course? I'm pro-ams. I'm pro-ams. Am, yeah. am, yeah. Are, you, are you a short wearer? Uh, no, I, I'm, um, I do wear shorts, but I'm getting a little bit too old to wear shorts now. So I, <laughs> I much prefer to wear, to feel right on a golf course, wearing mm. trousers, you know, traditional look. That's that, And I'm in your uh, sort of court as far as this is concerned, because... There are knock-on reasons. Well, my call is that I don't particularly like to see them wearing shorts, but carry on. Yes, and, and um, it also makes our job a little bit more difficult. If we've got access to photograph them on the pr- practice rounds and also on the, um, you know, when, they, when they're playing pro-am, mostly we won't be able to use those photographs or that video content because at the moment I don't think it looks right. It wouldn't look right in the magazine. So for me, it's... I don't know what they're they're, proved, they're trying to prove with this, you know, what, what the where they want to go with it. Because does it ultimately mean that they'll be able to wear shorts in the tournament? I don't know. I don't see see you know if, that, if it'll go that far. I don't think it will. Like, it's got, I mean, it's got to be the next step, hasn't it? You wouldn't really introduce it just for the, you know, because ironic, you know, or, or you look at it, the practice days and pro am days are not as important as obviously tournament days for the players and it in and if they're asking to wear shorts because it's hot um surely they must want to wear shorts for a tournament day what was interesting mike was actually it was the older players that were actually wearing mm. the shorts didn't see any, many of the uh, the younger players well i think that might have been because the maybe the darren clarks and lee westwoods and ernie Els of this world had been given a heads up that this was coming um I'm well, do you sure think they were players. asked to, to wear them? Oh, possibly, yeah. possibly to, um, to sort of make that point that this is the decision that we've made. Yeah, but but, but I think that the the decision <coughs> has come as a result of feedback from the players who said they would like to wear shorts. I believe, um, you know, Darren Clark's been you know pretty vocal in this. Obviously, Darren's a very well respected player, um, and you know, you play out in the Far East and in the Middle East, and it is seriously hot out there. So I don't, I don't have as much of a problem um, with the idea as maybe you do, Kev. But it's interesting. I was chatting to um, one of our other contributors, Fergus Bissett, who's um, pretty true, you know, is a traditionalist, and um, we're talking. He's going to try and write a piece for the uh, upcoming um, issue of the magazine, and he said, oh, you know, he wasn't a fan at all. He said, "Can you imagine the Open champion if it's a really, you know, baking hot day?" You know, the idea of somebody walking up there to take the claret jug um, wearing a pair of shorts. And I think that's quite a good point because, you know, whilst I've certainly, you know, pro-ams, practice days, it doesn't bother me. Um, but then, of course, when you get into tournament days, um, you know, you've got, you, you, you face the idea of, um, you know, a guy winning a major championship wearing a pair of shorts. Does it really matter? Probably not. As you say, Kevin, you know, it doesn't look as good image-wise. Um, yeah, I, I, my, well, I would rather they allowed them or just made the rules so that they played golf in shorts 
or in trousers. But mm. having shorts on the practice day and tra- trousers on in the tournament days, for us, when you're trying to promote a tournament, so in the days leading up to a tournament, you're trying to get some... Yeah, you're, Again, it's, it's the same as we were talking about with slow play. You're fighting with other sports for space on the back pages yeah. to promote that tournament, to promote golf as a whole. And if they look as if they're chilling out, I described it as looking as if they're a bit, a bit like they're on a stag do. <laughs> yeah, uh, interestingly, looking at social media, there was, uh, and the Golf Monthly Forum, as ever, there was a uh, pretty um, lively debate on there. And, you know, that, you know, sort of large trip to Portugal was a, uh, was a sort of phrase that was bandied yeah, around. Exactly. And what was interesting was that, you know, having uh, worked with the, the players uh, last week and working with their agents, and uh, some of the agents said, you know, if we know there's going to be a photo shoot, photo shoot and the guys are wearing shorts, we're going to get them to put their trousers on because, you know, sponsors don't want... I, that was the feedback we got. They wouldn't want yeah. to see them. In- um, Mike, would you put somebody in shorts on the cover of Golf Monthly? Oh, crikey. Uh, that is a question. There you are. Um, Kev's shaking his head. Probably, yeah, <laughs> no. but I think probably not. I think probably not. No. Um, maybe down the line. We don't I want don't to be seen as... I don't want to... I, yeah, I think we're all quite progressive. Yeah. We do want to see golf moving forward. And personally, I don't have a problem with them wearing shorts. Yeah. I'd just rather they wore shorts either all the time or none of the time. Yeah. I don't know. There, there are probably more important things. There are more so, important things. So, but, but, I think it's, but, but again, it does show that... Um, you know, if golf can show an, a, a, you know, an image where it's more approachable, where, you know, Kev talked earlier about, you know, Ricky uh, Fowler's high tops and elasticated trousers. <laughs> so I can't get, get the image out of my head. Um, and I think it's great. pants. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, um, you know, golf does need to be seen, you know, if we're to grow, um, you know, the appeal of the game to a, you know, to a wider audience, Anything we can do to make golf seem less stuffy, um, then that's a good thing. If, if that means wearing shorts or high tops, um, then yep, you know, so be it. But yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one when you say, okay, would you like your major champion to be, yeah, you know, rocking a pair of shorts when they probably go up not. to, yeah, probably, probably not. not. Um, okay, well that's the shorts thing, and as you say, there's probably bigger fish yeah. to fry in golf right now, and. Um, before we finish, just uh, a quick word from both of you on why we're all in Orlando this week. Uh, Mike, do you want to explain what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> Apart from having a very nice time in the sunshine. Yeah. Hitting a um, lot of golf shots on the range indeed, as we did today. Indeed, we have hit a lot of golf balls today. Um, testing some of the uh, new products that will be unveiled this week. at the. It's the PGA Merchandise Show. So it's effectively it's a trade show for the golf brands, for golf professionals, held every year in Orlando and Florida. Um, it's a great start to the year if you love your golf equipment as I do and we all do then you get to see so much new product out there get to meet a lot of the experts so I know we've got time this week with the likes of Scotty Cameron which is really exciting get to hear about um, their ideas on you know the new equipment they're creating um, so yeah it's a it's a you know great industry week really exciting great way to start the year obviously for you guys who are out in Abu Dhabi Last week, pretty tough, having gone out to Abu Dhabi, and I know, Kev, you had less than 24 hours to um, turn it round from landing back in the UK to coming back in and out to the US, so, but it's, it's, it's a good week, isn't it? It's oh, it's a brilliant week, week. It's, my, it's one of my favourite weeks, actually, even though it does go, you know, back to back, but we've done that, what, four or five years in a row now, and you get used to it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, an opportunity to meet up with everybody because you know everybody in golf is is here uh, from the UK. I think they're going to have a few problems with the weather uh, from New York uh, mm. and the rest because um, uh, a lot of the flights are being cancelled and delayed. So it might have a little bit of a knock-on effect on how many people actually turn up. But it's normally um, yeah pretty busy. And and Kev, explain to everyone Demo Day. Because Demo Day is quite a spectacular event, well, yeah, isn't it? Demo Day, um, it is. Uh, it, it's uh, Orange County. Orange County have got this round um, driving range. 360 three, degree. Yeah, 360. And um, you get all the major brands. They take their position. And um, our job is to go around and uh, tappers. You always amaze me with your knowledge of not only <laughs> last <kind>. year's <laughs> product, but then comparing it with this year's project uh, product. Um, and it's a full-on day. I mean, I think, how many videos did we do last year? Was it 53? Oh, crikey. <laughs> Something stupid. Yeah. It's a fair amount. And um, it's, it's full-on, but you get to see everything, basically, that's coming yeah. out this year. So see, see and hit everything. And I think that's, um, you know, it's great. You can compare products side by side, go from, you know, one manufacturer to, to another. It's interesting. It's, I think it's always a bit of a, um, it's a litmus test for the, or a barometer for the, for the whole health of the industry, um, to see you know, what, you know what are the brands investing in their, you know, in their areas, whether it's at demo day or actually at the show, and the show is it's phenomenal. It's unlike anything I'd ever been to before. Um, takes sort of 20, 25 minutes to walk from one end of the show to another. So don't do what I've done and leave your bag uh, at the TaylorMade. Um, stand when your next appointment is down at <laughs> no, uh, Titleist yeah. or Ping, which are completely right at the other end of the end of the show. Do, do we know um, if, if they've got any players there? They should, uh, last year they had Bubba Watson. Um, yeah, they, often at, at demo day or you know during the sh during the show, the brands will um, bring some of their staff players along. I'm not sure, um, you know, sort of who's confirmed yet, but um, stay tuned. And to, if yeah. you like a wacky. Um, training aid oh. the PGA show oh, is I, I think the golf industry is filled with people who <laughs> have attempted to play golf to a good level struggled yeah. and then decided that they're going to invent something yeah. that's going to transform the game and every year you see crazy training wow. aids yeah. and, and it is a, a sort of a, a teeming teeming full of oh. people who, who are in, making their millions in, incredible from. the uh, variety of um, products that are on show and, and you do think um, I hope you've not invested too you know, so you go past some stands you think, hope you've not invested too much of your own money <laughs> they always say in the golf industry that the best way to make a, a small fortune in the golf industry is to start out with a big fortune um, <laughs> and you can see that that's likely to happen when you go past the number of the booths and I think it's in, it's you know it's fair to say that this this is actually for the trade Mm. It's not for the general uh, public, so it's which really which is a bit of a shame, I think, because yeah. um, it, you know if you are you know if you like your golf equipment, and it's amazing to you know to to go and see you know all the all the stands there. Obviously, it's a great privilege to be able to go and hit all the products at demo day. You couldn't really have that open to the general public, but um, it's almost a bit of a shame that there's not a you know a day where the public can go around and have a look at. Mm. you know um the actual show at well, Orange county convention well Center. they almost can because by logging on to golf monthly's website you will undoubtedly find uh myself joel tabman from the magazine mike kev you'll see us all there 
<laughs> you'll get a flavour of what's going on because we've got quite a bit planned at the show. We've got, as Mike said, lots of interviews with, with um, top people at the R&D departments, but we've also, we're, we're wanting to um, you know, showcase some of those more crazy ideas that, um, that we um, <laughs> come across every year. So um, do keep an eye out on all of our different social media channels and on the Golf Monthly website for that. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, gents, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for and having us. Thank yeah. you for listening, and um, we'll see you next time.